Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 15th, 2022. I'm teaching a series entitled Intentional Progress for the whole year, but I've also been teaching a series entitled Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus. So this is part 45 of Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, nine full weeks of teaching so far. On this, we've been looking at the life of Jesus. We've been looking at, we looked at John 5, 6, 8, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I thought I was going to stop at 17. The Lord told me to keep going. I got into 18. The Lord told me to keep going. And now we're in chapter 19. So we're in John chapter 19 this morning. I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to say to you. All right, so let's get into the word this morning. Yesterday, I got really excited. If you if you missed yesterday's message, you should check that out. Sometimes I, I just get all excited and I can't contain myself and then I preach. And sometimes like this morning, I'm like, no, I need to contain myself. I really want to teach this thing. So let's see how it goes. You ready? So this is part 45 of Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus. The title of today's message is Extreme Focus on Your Purpose. I want you, God wants you to get to the point where you can develop a focus uh, that is extreme, like where you have an extreme focus on your purpose to the point where you're not moved, you're not shaken, you're not swayed, you're not you're not pushed to the left or to the right. Your feet are bound to the path that God established for you from the foundations of the world, and you're going to walk down that path and come hella high water, come what may, even challenging times, obstacles on that path, you will not be moved. You will be like Mount Zion, and one thing we know about Mount Zion is that Mount Zion is not going nowhere. You will be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You ready? All right. So once again, we've been learning. I'm going to lay out these things. I'm still in in like step number one, but I'm going to go through these six steps uh, as we go, you know, kind of throughout the year. Uh, And um, as we're going through this and looking at the life of Jesus, yesterday we stopped in John chapter 19. I want to pick it up from where we are. Now, this is John chapter 19. I'm going to read for you verses 23 to 27. Now, we're just a few weeks away from Resurrection Sunday morning, so I'm talking about all of this stuff that led up to the the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. John chapter 19, verses 23 to 27, the Passion Translation, the Bible says, now, when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they divided up his clothes into four shares, one for each one of them, so there were four soldiers. But Jesus's tunic was seamless. Jesus had a tunic with no seams in it. Oh, so it was hard for them to do it. It was woven from the top to the bottom as a single garment. So the soldiers said to each other, man, let's not tear this thing up. Like, you know, if if it had seams, we would rip it up. But this is too nice to rip. So let's not tear it up. What are we going to do? Let's throw dice to see who gets it. Now, I grew up in Brooklyn. I read, you know, guys on the corner, you know what I'm saying? He said, let's throw dice to see who gets it. And the soldiers did all of this, not knowing that they were actually fulfilling scripture. There was a scripture that said, they divided my garments among them and they gambled for my clothing. Now, Mary, the mother of Jesus was standing next to the cross. 
along with Mary, there was Mary's sister, and then Mary, the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene, right? So there were four women there. So Jesus looked down and saw the disciple that he loved, and later, I'm going to talk about that. This is this is John. So Jesus, the Bible says, he looked down and saw the disciple that he loved, which is John, but was kind of kind of funny about this is that John wrote this. So John said, hey, when Jesus looked down, he saw the one that he loved. He saw his favorite, which is me, by the way. And so we're going to deal with that tomorrow. He saw the disciple that he loved standing there, which was John. And he said to his mother, mother, look, John will be a son to you. Then he said, John, look, she will be a mother to you. And from that day on, John accepted Mary into his own home as one of his own family. So what does this mean for you today? I only have two things to share with you on this morning. I actually had three, but when I got to the third one, the Lord said, save that for tomorrow. So I, I, I have two things to share with you on this morning. I'm going to take my time as I go through these. I believe this is going to be a blessing to you. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Two things. Number one, here we go. You ready? Number one, even while Jesus was nailed to the cross, we see the hand of God in operation. So last week, what I did was I gave you a bunch of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And I told you about how Jesus was born in Bethlehem to fulfill prophecy. Then Jesus had to go to Egypt to fulfill prophecy. Then Jesus had to come back to Nazareth so that he could be called a Nazarene. Then Jesus set up his ministry headquarters in Capernaum so that it would be fulfilled, that he, he graced the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, all of that. And then I gave you 33 prophecies last week, 33 prophecies that Jesus uh, fulfilled while he was on the earth. For all of these prophecies were written before he was born and he fulfilled it. And, and so that was a tremendous message. If you missed it, you should go back and check it out. But two of those 33 uh, are in this text. As I'm reading this text, this text has two of the 33 that I mentioned last week. Uh, the two that I'm talking about are, one, he would be nailed to a tree. That's Deuteronomy 21, 22 and 23. And two, people would cast lots for his clothes. That's Psalms 22 and 18. So once again, let me read the text. Now, the, the Bible says, now when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they divided up his clothes into four shears, one for each one of them, but his tunic was seamless, woven, you know, from top to bottom as a single garment. So the soldiers said to each other, no, let's not tear it up. Let's throw dice for it. And so they didn't know that they were fulfilling scripture, but they were. They were fulfilling scripture while Jesus was on the cross. Here's my point. Later, I'm going to describe the pain that Jesus endured while he was on the cross, but I'm sure that you can imagine the pain. Jesus is nailed to a cross in this moment. Think about Jesus for a moment. He's nailed to a cross. There are nails in his hands, and he's on the cross. There are nails in his feet, and he's on the cross, and he's trying to shift. He's up there for three hours. He's trying to shift the weight and the pain, and he's trying to shift the weight between his lower body and his upper body while he's trying to balance himself on the cross. And while he's going through all of that, he looks down and he sees that soldiers are shooting dice for his clothes. And he knows that this was supposed to happen. So he's on the cross and he sees this and it becomes a reminder for him that God, his father, is still moving pieces around on the chessboard of his life. This is how it is with us sometimes. Sometimes in the middle of challenging times, 
in the middle of something that, that you feel is like excruciating pain. You're going through something that is tremendous to you. And in the middle of it, something random happened. I mean, something just random. Like you get a text message, a phone call. You, you can even watch something on TV. This commercial came on. Something just reminds you of the sovereignty of God. Something just random happens and it reminds you. And the Holy Spirit says, you see, God is still God. In the middle of something, Jesus looked out and said, wait a minute, they're doing what? They're shooting dice for my clothes. That's a reminder that God is still God. That's a reminder that God is still sovereign. That's a reminder that God is still moving pieces around on the chessboard of his life. Listen, sometimes when we see something, and I'm saying it could be anything. It could be something seemingly random. It could be a thought that you get that you, and, and all of a sudden in that thought, in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminds you that God is still working his plan in your life, that God is sovereign, that God is still moving pieces around of the chessboard of your life. That, and, and watch this, because God is playing chess and not checkers. Let me say this. And because God is playing chess and not checkers, sometimes it's hard to figure out what God is doing right? Because God's ways are so far above our ways and God's thoughts are so far above our thoughts. If God was playing checkers, we could figure God out all the time, but no, God's ways are above our ways. And since God is playing chess and not checkers, then oftentimes, a lot of times we don't even know what God is doing, which, I, which is why I tell you, you got to trust God even when you can't trace him. We live by faith when we know what he's saying, but even when I don't know what he's saying, even when I don't know what he's doing, I got to learn how to trust God anyway. But in the process of time, as God is playing chess and not checkers, as God is moving stuff around the chessboard of my life, there are things that will happen that when they happen and they seem random, God will use that to remind you of his sovereignty. He will remind you because a lot of times with God, you because God is moving and playing chess and not checkers, a lot of times with God, you don't understand it until later. A lot of times with God, you don't understand things in the moment, like in the moment, in the heat of the moment, you don't know what's going on. But later on, it's like Jesus, a lot of times with, with the disciples, he said, yeah, you guys are not going to understand this right now. You won't even understand this. You don't, you won't even understand what I'm saying until I leave. There's a lot of things with God that in the moment, in the heat of the moment, you don't understand it. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? And the Holy Spirit is like, God is still God. God, is, he's still sitting on the circle of the earth. He's still, he's still moving in operation in your life. You got to learn how to trust God. Just relax, son. Relax, daughter. God is still moving. And so, but in that moment, you don't know what God is doing. And then later on, later on, it's like, boom, now it makes sense. Now, looking back, I can understand it better. My wife taught on vision last night uh, with the Virtuous Women's Ministry. And, and one of the definitions of vision that she used is from Dr. Miles Monroe. Dr. Miles Monroe said, divine vision is sight, birth from insight with the benefit of hindsight. Let me say that again. He said, it's sight, birth from insight with the benefit of hindsight. Let me explain. It is sight. It is not sight with these natural eyes. It is the ability to see beyond where your eyes can look. And you are seeing from the inside. It is insight. I'm seeing from within. It is sight, but not these sight. It is insight, but it's birth uh, uh, from insight. I'm seeing on the inside. And watch this. I have the benefit of hindsight. So, so the more I walk with God, the more I'm able to look back, the more I'm able to understand. See, because God is the one that's moving stuff around, you're able to understand things better as you go. And, but at, in the moment, the Holy Spirit just has to tell you sometimes, listen, God is still God. God is still with you. He has never forsaken you and he never will. So even in the 
in the middle of tremendous pain, even in the middle of something where you don't even understand what God is doing, you don't know what God is doing, you, you're like, this is, this is like, this is out, I'm dealing with algebra and you're dealing with calculus. God, I don't even understand what you're doing. Okay, fine. But even in the middle of that, God just wants you to know I'm still God and I love you. And, and so even if you don't understand it, I need you to rest in the fact that I love you. See, the thing about God is God does not have to explain himself but God will reveal himself. So over time, God will reveal himself. Over time, as you're walking with God, he will give you progressive revelation. Uh, a revelation, the revelation of God is incremental and is also progressive. Let me explain. It is incremental and it's also progressive. I will explain. It is incremental, meaning that God will give you increments of revelation. He will give you glimpses of revelation. He won't explain everything to you. He won't reveal everything to you because he's God, right? He's not going to tell you everything. If he told you everything, you wouldn't need faith, but he gives you increments. He'll just give you enough light to be able to see the next step. And so, so you're walking with God and I have enough light for the next step. He's a light to my path. And so he will give me, it is incremental, but it's also progressive. Why is it progressive? Because the more I walk with God, the more I'm able to see. And so, so there are moments uh, now that I'm able to see more. I'm able to understand more because I've been walking with God longer. So it is incremental and is also progressive. So God has given me vision and I'm seeing things that I, I've never saw before. And now I'm seeing more that I could see before. And God trusts me with more revelation. Why? And, and, and all of that, that doesn't mean that I'm exonerated from pain. In the middle of the pain, Jesus was on the cross. So in the middle of the pain, in the middle of it, I have to remember that God is still on me and in me and with me and for me. So if God is on your side, he is more than the whole wide world against you. Jesus looked down and he saw soldiers shooting dice. You will see something that will remind you of the sovereignty of God. And it will be something like so random, these little increments, and God will give you that glimpse and it will be enough to keep you going. It will be enough to remind you that God is still God so you can have peace in your heart despite the challenges. Because God, I'm not telling you that God is going to exonerate you from the pain. I'm saying that God will keep you through it. Say amen to that. All right, number two, I told you I only have two things uh, for you this morning. So number two, even while Jesus was on the cross, watch this, he was more focused on others than himself. See, you got to maintain your focus. He was more focused on others than himself. So let me ask you this question. Um, have you ever like gone to the hospital, right? Where they say, hey, such and such is in the hospital. Let me go see about him. Let me go see about her. And you go to the hospital and you go there because such and such is in pain. And when you get there, you're there to minister to them, right? And while you're there to minister to them, they wind up ministering to you. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Like you're, you, you were there like, hey, I want to be a blessing to you. And then this person's like, I'm good. You know, I'm, they're, they're in the hospital bed and they're like, God is with me, girl. I, I don't know about that. Hey, let me tell you something, man of God. God is with me. God is in this room. I'm good. Matter of fact, how are you doing? Let me minister to you. That's exactly what happened with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary was the mother of Jesus. Now, while we know that Jesus was born supernaturally, at the end of the day, he still came through Mary's womb, right? Mary, Mary gave birth to this boy. Like she had to carry him for nine months and then she gave birth. And so here you have Jesus. He's a grown man, but he's still her son. And so she gets her friends 
It was like, hey, girl, hey, come on, let's go to the cross. I need to go see about my boy, you know? And so they walk over to the cross and she's there looking at her son and her son is nailed to a cross and her son is beaten silly. And her son is like, oh my God. And she's looking at that. And while she's there to minister to Jesus, Jesus turns around and ministers to her. Jesus says to her, mother, he looks down and he looks at her and right next to her was John. And so he says, hey, I want you to know you're losing a son, but don't worry. Let me replace you with another son. He says, listen, from now on, John is going to be your son. John, from now on, she's going to, my mama's going to be your mama. And so I need to take, I need you to take her like your own mama. And he was like, okay. And then the Bible says that from that day on, John accepted Mary into his own home as one of his own family. So from that day on, he was like, you know what? Jesus is on the cross. He's not worrying about himself. He's in pain. He's not worrying about himself. He's shifting the weight. He's not worried about himself. There's pain that's shooting through his whole body. He's not worried about himself. He is more focused on his purpose than the pain. He looks down and says, mama, let me tell you something. I want to make sure that you're taken care of even after I'm gone. So I'm going to give you John and John, I'm going to give you my own mama. You better take care of my mama. He's like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, I will. And so even in this dying moment, think about that. Jesus was taking care of his mother. While he was in pain, the pain did not blind him from his purpose. What can we learn from this? We can learn that God can empower you. God can empower you with so much grace that, that watch this, that you can overcome pain. And, and, and then when you do have pain, the pain pales in comparison to the purpose that you're called to walk in. But Paul said, you know what? For me to live is Christ. Oh, okay, Paul. If that's what you say, we're going to kill you. He said, that's cool too. For me to die is gain. I was like, oh, okay. Hold on for a minute. Live is Christ, die is gain. Okay, well, I tell you what, Paul, we're going to make you suffer. Paul was like, that's cool too. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul had this attitude. He had the right attitude. He was like, no matter what I go through, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Jesus was saying, I'm going through pain right now, but, but I'm not going to allow the pain to blind me from my purpose. I am more focused on my purpose than I'm focused on the pain. And so he was still ministering to people even while he was on the cross. See, you will never maximize your purpose and potential in life unless you build up the resolve to endure and overcome pain. Pain is part of life. Pain is, I would love to tell you that once you get born again, you're not going to have pain. No, that's a lie. Pain is part of life in this world, but you have the grace to overcome it. You can overcome the pain. You must have the, the, the grace, watch this, but you also have to have the focus. So let me explain. Grace, God's part. Focus, your part. Let me explain. Grace is God's empowerment on me. God already gave me the grace. Focus is me tapping into the grace. So watch this. If you lose your focus, then you won't tap into the grace. You have the grace to overcome whatever you're facing on the road to your purpose. But without the right focus, then you're going to focus on the pain and not the purpose. Without the right focus, you're going to focus on the pain and not tap into the grace. So Jesus maintained his focus. In the middle of excruciating pain, he still had his focus. So as a result, he tapped into the grace of God to overcome what he was, what he was overcoming, what he, what he was facing. So let me just say it this way. Look at me. Let me slow down. If you ever get to the point where you feel overwhelmed, like your life is falling apart and you want to give up, 
because Christians do get to this point and they're Christians that commit suicide. So don't tell me that they don't get to that point. They're Christians that get to that point. But if you ever get to the point where you feel overwhelmed, you're pulling your hair out, you can't sleep, you, you, you want to give up, you get to that point, you're, you're at your wit's end. It's not because you don't have the grace for it because God has already done his part. You have the grace for it. If you didn't have the grace for it, you wouldn't be facing it. So it's not, it's not a problem with God. God did his part. He gave you grace. The problem is with you. And what's the problem? You lost your focus. The grace is there, but the focus is not there. So if you ever lose your focus, then you won't tap into the grace and you will focus more on the pain than the purpose. So losing your focus is dangerous. Jesus was on the cross, but he never lost his focus. If you lose your focus, the grace will be there, but your focus will not be there. And since your focus is not there, you won't tap into the grace and, and then you will freak out and God will be looking at you saying, son, daughter, what are you doing? I have given you my grace. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Why are you stressing out? Why are you trying to handle this on your own? Son, daughter, your humanity is not enough, but my grace is always enough. See, please don't lose your focus because if you lose your focus, you may lose your way. Pain doesn't have to cause you to lose your focus. You can be in the middle of pain and still remember, I have the grace for it. I have the grace for it. That's why I teach the grace life. So when you know that you have the grace for it, you could be in the middle of pain and be ministering to other people. You could be in the middle of pain and people are coming to you. Are you okay? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. I've got it going on. Matter of fact, how are you doing? And you, you could be in the middle of, of a challenging time and still be ministering to others because you're tapping into the grace to do something that you can't do. It's God super on your natural. Now, if you don't tap into the grace, and you lose your focus, and you start focusing more on the pain than the promise, then yeah, you may lose your way. At the end of the day, grace, God can give you so much grace that his grace, it pales in comparison. The pain does nothing. The pain is nothing connected to God's grace. You will always, the world gives you more challenge. God doesn't, you ask God for less challenge, God gives you more grace. So the world gives you challenge, God gives you grace. More challenge, more grace. More challenge, more grace. More challenge, more grace. God's grace is sufficient. That's why I teach the grace life. But if you lose your focus, you may mess around and lose your way. So, so that's enough for today. I said a lot. This is one of those messages. I only had two points, but you might want to watch this again. Get this down in your spirit. Don't lose your focus because you may lose your way. Jesus was on the cross and he was still ministering to people. The last point I had to share with you this morning, God told me to give it to you tomorrow. So we'll deal with it tomorrow. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Lift up your voice. Speak this over your life. Listen, I'm telling you, if there are people that get stressed out, they want to give up, they leave church, they leave God, they leave her, and, and they delve into depression, and they run the risk of committing suicide, all of this happens. They lose their mind. They lose their mental health because they lost their focus. It's not that God did something wrong. It's not that God still has given them grace. They have the grace to endure and overcome, but they're not tapping into it. Why? Because they lost their focus. It's dangerous for you to lose your focus. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, I learned to trust you with my whole heart. I thank you for the example that you have given me in Jesus. Jesus endured the pain of the cross. And even while he was hanging there for three hours, 
he maintained his focus. He knew that you were still ruling and reigning. He knew that you were still moving pieces around the chessboard of his life. I learned from Jesus. I maintain my focus as well. I will never allow pain to blind me from my divine purpose. No matter what I go through, I will keep my eyes fixed and focused on you. As I do, I am able to endure and overcome anything because I know that you're with me every step of the way. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, don't you want my notes? You get it for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, and then put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Like I said, this is a message you need to meditate on. Don't lose your focus. Even in the middle of something crazy, God will give you a glimpse of something like, they were shooting dice. It will remind you that God is still God. It will remind you that God still loves you. It will remind you that God is still on the throne. And then you will be in the middle of a painful situation and people are coming to you and you're ministering to them. Why? Because you're like, I'm good. God is still with me. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Uh, have an amazing day. I will see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.